Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Do you remember as a child having growing pains? I remember distinctly, I grew really fast um, it was either middle school, like seventh, eighth grade or ninth grade. It was somewhere in there that I grew so fast that I actually have stretch marks on my torso from this process. And, you know, it's funny because I remember at the time being like, oh my gosh, this is really painful. And my mom's like, it's okay. It's growing pains. And yet the rest of our lives were taught to run away from pain, which really isn't helpful. Because when you run away from something, it means you're not facing it. And if you're not facing it, then you're actually not growing, right? You can't run away from growing pains, right? They're just part of your body. When you're a child, you're growing. Um, think about babies, you know, when their teeth come in. That's a painful experience, but you don't like try to remove all their teeth so that they don't feel that pain, right? <laughs> they just have to do it. Usually put some ice on it, give them something to chew on, the cold washcloth. I remember that was a big deal in our house when our kids were at that age. We helped soothe it, but we knew it was part of them growing. And yet, like I said before, when we experience pain as adults, we try to numb it, run away from it, remove it. And that's not always effective. And today I will tell you that one of the most painful things is when you're in job purgatory. And again, I talk about job purgatory all the time. It actually can be a couple of ways, right? Either you're unemployed and you're dying for a role, right? So you would love, love, love to have an opportunity. Or you've just gotten let go of a job, you know, somebody just let you go, they furloughed you. Um, the same is true when you're actually in a job that you hate, right? You're in a job that absolutely is soul sucking and it's terrible. And I read this quote recently by Rob Bell that was really helpful to me in all these areas. And to me, one of the reasons why these particular places are painful is because you stayed too long. And I know that I stayed too long at many opportunities. And the quote that I read from Rob Bell was actually something, when you stay too long, something that could be a graduation becomes a divorce. I'm going to say that again because it's so, it really resonated with me. When you stay too long somewhere, something that could have been a graduation becomes a divorce. And I think that there's something about loyalty with a job and these stories that we tell ourselves with a job. You know, it has all the benefits. It has everything I need. I like my coworkers, maybe. I don't know if you do or not. You tell yourself these things to stay comfortable, 
But what happens is just your soul slowly dies and then you move into divorce mode. And that divorce can come in several different ways, right? That furloughing I was telling you about, the organization downsizing, that type of thing. But also where you realize that your soul is dying, but you realize it about two years later. And it feels like you're wearing, you know, something really heavy. And it makes it hard to want to do anything. It puts you in a depressive state. And then, by the way, you're not doing great work anymore. So you lose all hope, right? And I know all of this because I've lived it. I have stayed places too long where I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I wasn't performing because I was not good at what I did. And that was not it. My soul was done. I was bored. But instead of leaning into that pain, I kept trying to run away from it. Maybe with drinking, maybe with binge watching TV, you know, ordering things on Amazon. These were my poisons, by the way. And one of the things I would do is exercise chronically. And it, it was a stress release. And by the way, that can be a good thing. And it definitely was. But what the exercise kept telling me was, you're supposed to be doing something else. You know, I would I would work out. I work out in my basement. And I would cry because that's what happens when, you know, you, you do something like endorphin release. It's like I would just cry. And nobody was down there as well, which was helpful because I wasn't looking for pity. I just needed to get emotions out. And in that time period, I realized, all right, it's time. It's time to lean into the pain. Let me lean into the thing that makes me uncomfortable, which is this unknown thing, right? Let me lean into that and start saying, what if? And so that's exactly what I did. I started leaning into it. I read around 26 different books. In fact, I started reading those books thinking I could change everyone else around me because it wasn't me. It couldn't be me. I, I was great. It was everyone else around me. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was not them. It was me. It was 100% me. And the further down the rabbit hole I went, the more I knew it was me and that I needed to change my life. And I needed to let go of security for significance. And the security that I was facing was I make a great salary. And it doesn't matter what I make because I know a great salary means different things to different people. But to me, it was comfortable. And not only was I making this great salary, but I had great benefits. 401k matching and great health insurance, dental plan. I had all the things that a young family needed. And I say young because I started having these urges when my son was a newborn and my daughter was three. And when you have a newborn and a three-year-old and you know they're going to get sick and all these other things, oh my gosh, don't let go of security. That's a terrible idea until I started toying with it. What does that look like? What does like letting go of security look like? 
For me, it was dipping my toe in the water and seeing what I really wanted to do. And what I really wanted to do was help more people. I had this dream of 100 people. I really wanted to help 100 people become the best version of themselves. Because I had done this big transformation on my team at work. And I really invested in my team. The amazing people that were a part of my team. My day was not about the work. My day was about supporting the people doing the work. And supporting them, teaching them, training them, but also a lot of listening. And those very people said, you should be a life coach, which I did not think was a real thing. And I'm, I'm business-minded. I'm data-driven. I'm KPI person. What? You want me to do what? So I started looking into it. And just by looking into it, felt like I was letting go of security just a little bit. And I decided to get a certification. And I decided to start charging people to work with me. And it was pr- practically nothing at first because I didn't know anything, right? But everything I had read was don't do it for free. Because if you do it for free, people will not respect it. I'm sharing that for anyone who's debating a career outside of what they're currently doing. Charge something, $10 an hour, anything, because it makes it real for people. It's It might be uncomfortable, but your time is value. There is value there and make sure people understand that. And the reason I share that is because those very people that I was charging money shared what I was doing with other people and so on and so forth. And then that whole security blanket that I thought I needed, that health insurance and all the stuff, it kind of figured itself out. It it became something that showed up for me when I was truly living my purpose, which sounds so crazy. I'm fully aware of how woo-woo and crazy this sounds. But right now, I am recording this a week before the election, so it's a week from today that we cast our ballots. I actually already did it because I I voted a couple weeks ago, um, which maybe wasn't a great idea because the systems in Georgia were kind of down. So I had to wait an hour and a half, but you know what? It's done. It is done. I also got my flu shot that day. It was like a big day of like, get stuff over with. Um, But I know a lot of people are like, well, let me see what happens with this election. Let me see what happens in the marketplace. Let me see what happens in fourth quarter. What I will tell you is there's always something you can wait on. There's always an election, a big bonus. uh, You know, oh, we might get this big client. This thing might happen, the carrot. You know, the if I have this one tiny piece of data, then I can make my decision. I will tell you, that whoever wins this election really will not affect your job. I'm serious. I'm serious. I really don't believe that either of these older white men that could get voted in, you know, I think we've we've narrowed it down to these two old white guys, they're not going to change your skill set. They're not going to change your marketability. You are. They're not going to make things better or make things worse. You are. Take control right this second. 
grab that steering wheel and realize that significance, your significance, matters so much more than that tiny little security blanket that you have. And I want to share with you that the organization that I was a part of right before I left the corporate world, we were doing things overseas and I I, I felt like I saw the writing on the wall. Two years after I left, they started downsizing. And most recently this year, I should say when COVID hit, they did a massive furlough and then they started laying off people left and right. And anyone that's still a part of that organization is basically a sitting duck. It's happening. And so I'm sharing that with you because if I had laid my, I had said to myself, I listened to it. I listened to my gut, which said, you are meant to do something else. Did I absolutely love my boss? Yes, I had a great boss. Did I absolutely love my team? Yes, when I gave my notice to the company, it was like, whatever. When I told my team, I broke down. That was so hard. But I had to lean into that hard. And everyone in that room and on the phone, because some of my team was remote, said the most beautiful things about me, which was so wonderful. And at that moment, I realized, you know what? If I let, if I let my security override this, this graduation day would not have been. I would have made those same people angry and upset because I stayed too long. And I'm so glad that that was a graduation day. And I'm so glad that I left everyone in capable hands. I built out reporting structures and created different trainings and made sure everyone felt loved, cared for. I was able to take one of my employees and promote him into my position, which was also amazing because he really should have been my boss the whole time because he was way smarter than I was. So happy that he got that that job. So today, are you sitting there saying to yourself, I should wait. I should wait and see what happens. I want you to stop yourself right there. Stop waiting. Take your life in your hands and grab your significance. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.